0: Welcome. You found Annunciation Parish in Real Life, the weekly podcast of Annunciation Parish in Evansville, Indiana. Welcome to our podcast for April 28th, 2021. This is Father Alex with the signs of life at Annunciation Parish. So I decided to include some dramatic and melancholic music for this first segment since I had to announce last weekend that I will be leaving Annunciation Parish. Uh, Really, it was a tough announcement to make, um, but I did want to take, really seriously, uh, some time to review the details of uh, the changes that I announced because there are a few moving parts involved. All of these changes take effect on June 30th, 2021, Uh, Bishop Siegel has appointed me Vicar General for the Diocese of Evansville. Uh, I will succeed Father Bernie Aitchen in that role, who has served in that capacity for the last ten years. So obviously the the bishop is the visible face of any diocese appointed by the Pope to lead the clergy and the faithful. Behind the scenes, a, a Vicar General handles many of the bishop's administrative tasks, This role is meant to assist the bishop and to be at the service of the priests of the diocese. Really, it's an honor to be entrusted with this role, but I I do want to emphasize that this is a role of service and not of prestige. This isn't about prestige. Really, every role in the church is about service and never about power. It may be a role of authority as someone who guides us where we're going, but it's never about power, at least it should never be about power, about imposing something on others. So I just want to make that clear. The role of the vicar general, that position is a position of service, of service to the bishop and of service to the priests of the diocese. As a result of the uh, added responsibilities that come with that role, Bishop Siegel has named me pastor of Saints Mary and John Parish in downtown Evansville, uh, there's no school there and only one campus, which cuts down on a lot of additional uh, administrative tasks. Uh, Father Benny Chaco, who is the current pastor of Saints Mary and John, will succeed me as pastor of Annunciation Parish. He is a, a wonderful man, a man of great prayer and dedication, and I'm sure he will be a great gift to Annunciation. Father Ambrose will continue to serve as associate pastor here. At Annunciation. We've got a couple months to say goodbye, so don't use up all your tears now. Uh, this is a great opportunity, though, to ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit to show us the way forward. Uh, just one note about uh, our Drive Up Communion that we've been uh, offering for about almost the last year. After consulting with our parish staff and our parish council, we've decided that the opportunity for Drive Up Communion will end on Sunday May 16th that will be the last weekend for that the following Sunday May 23rd which is Pentecost we'll begin bringing communion to the homes of those who cannot attend mass this is the standard normal practice of the church for those who can't attend mass so please know that we are happy to do it for you we're not trying to kick people out or deny them that the gift of the eucharist but we're happy to bring it to you so We'll be distributing a a short poll to those who are driving up for communion over the next couple of weeks so that you can let us know if you would like us to bring you communion in your home. And just a a few other important uh, notes along that line. We have a Monday morning mass at 830 a.m. where there are no school children present and social distancing is in place. There are usually around 20 people or so present. At all masses, every other pew is blocked off. So if you haven't been in church, you may not know this, but every other pew is blocked off and the vast majority of our parishioners are wearing masks. Finally, there is no indication, knock on wood, that COVID-19 has been spread at any of our masses. I, I think the protocols we put in place under the direction of the diocese have been very helpful in staving off Uh, the coronavirus from reaching our people. So just know that Mass is a pretty safe place to be. And that's the real life of Annunciation Parish. All right. Well, I am very happy to welcome back uh, Anna Creek and Julie Rosario back at it. Julie, it's great to have you back on the podcast. Me too. Uh, You've had a lot going on. Yes. Uh, in your life.
1: But, it's been a really full year so far, and hopefully it'll stay uneventful.
0: <laughs> yeah, but so. Eleanor's doing well, and it's, it's great. Um, nice. Well, we we want to talk liturgical living for May, um, but I, I just wanted to offer a little quote that I read from a, an article, and Julie had just mentioned it just before we came on, uh, from First Things. This is an article by Christian Smith about uh, parenting and living the faith and and this is, this is what he said, which I thought was just really beautiful. He says, what parents can do, really all they can do, is practice in their own lives the faith they hope their children will embrace. To build warm, authoritative relationships with their children, to be mindful and intentional about steering children into relationships and activities that can help personalize religion internally, which I think is so critical. And then he says, pray and hope that the divine forces in which they believe will lead their children into lives of truth, goodness, and beauty. I just think that's really beautiful. And I I think the work that we do um, uh, uh, here, this liturgical living segment, is really focused on this, helping to give parents tools that they can use to help form this kind of culture in their homes. It's an interesting article, and hey, Julie.
1: It was, and I think it has a lot to do with several um, individuals that we celebrate during the month of May, um, especially because of um, the period that we're in. But also, like you said, because parents are really concerned about um, now uh, in a very unique way, I think, of of living the faith at home, especially for families who aren't able to still go to Mass um, on the weekends at the very least. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, we can go more into some of the details. Anna's got a lot um, for um, Mary's. Influence in our faith. But um, there are several saints I think that um, would be interesting to look at too um, because of what we're living still. It's not completely
0: yeah.
1: um, resolved, all of what um, has come up through the period of the pandemic. So, yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, let's dive into it. Uh, tell us about May, Anna.
2: Well, in May, we really focus on celebrating Mary. And, you know, when you were talking about guiding. Each other into relationship. There's no one better to be in relationship with than with than with Mary because mm. her entire purpose is to bring us to Jesus. If we mm. go to Mary, she will bring us to Jesus. That is yes. her her biggest goal. And so, I mean, it's a great time to. There are so many beautiful Marian prayers. There's the Angelus, of course, the Hail Mary, the Memorare, um, the Hail Holy Queen, or the Latin version of the Salve Regina, the Regina Chaley, which we can pray during Easter. Lots of different things to just really take another opportunity to grow in our relationship with Mary and learn new ways um, to interact with her.
0: I'm glad you point that out because there are a lot of Marian prayers out there. Uh, like The Hail Mary, folks, is not the only <laughs> prayer to Mary. There are many, many prayers out there. And I think what I love about it is that the... You know, you change the language. You use mm-hmm. different words. Uh, essentially, we're saying the same thing, asking for her intercession, but by using different words, you you tap into different aspects of our imagination and our and our our, our spiritual being that really can help us to to re- I think more fully embrace mm-hmm. who Mary is for us. I remember the
2: first time I mean, when I was little, and I saw on the back of our church book and had a, the memorari printed there, and I, I had never seen it before, and I'm like. Never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. What? Yes. And it just like opened this huge new new lens. It it's just mm-hmm. it's so beautiful.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and so then one thing that is very popular during May is to do a May crowning, where you can take uh, a, a statue of Mary, and if you don't have a big one, pull out your nativity set or something, um, and then make you know a, a crown of flowers or something, and just then you can you can make it as you know big or as simple as you like, but you know gather your family around and pray a Marian prayer, sing Immaculate Mary or any other Marian song. Um, put that crown of flowers on Mary, just to as a reminder of of her special place that we have and that she is she is our mother, she is our Lady, she is the Queen of Heaven. We did that last year with our family, and not going to lie, at the very beginning, it was a little bit awkward just because it's like, it's just us here yeah. doing this. But at the same time, like you said, it's about guiding each other in relationship to say, hey, this is an important person, and we're going to find a way to highlight this relationship, and then we can talk about who Mary is and why why we why we ask for her prayers.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's great. It's not a bad idea to do that outside, and mm-hmm. I mean, to... To put it in front of your house, it's mm-hmm. a great way to witness to your neighbors, and to—I uh, mean, we're not. This isn't a private thing for us. Right. Like Mary is a is a very important person in the life of the church, so.
2: There are actually three different Marian feast days this month, too. So it's, you know, just Mary all the way through. Um, Our Lady of Fatima is May 13th. Um, there's actually a newer feast day. Uh, this Monday after Pentecost is the Feast of Mary, Mother of the Church, which is actually only started in 2018. So that's a pretty new one. And then the visitation this year is uh, on May 31st. So mm. you could do it on any of those days or really anytime this month because it is the month of Mary.
0: Yeah. I like it.
2: Um, then later this month, at the end of at the end of the month, we have Pentecost on May 23rd, and this is the conclusion of the Easter season. We are still in Easter, guys. Yes, it is so still fun. celebrating. Um, and so I, I love Pentecost for a lot of reasons. It's one of my favorite feasts. I feel like I say that all the time, but um, there's just so <laughs> many symbols of the Holy Spirit, and then again, ways to then make them relevant in our in our lives. Um, You know, the Holy Spirit, we have the symbol of the flame, of course, which we hear about in the readings on Pentecost, the dove um, and also wind and water. And so there's lots of different things you can do. You can, you know, it'd be a great time if you're comfortable to, you know, gather with a couple other families and make a day of it, have a water balloon fight in the afternoon and talk about how water is a symbol of the Spirit. Make a birthday cake because it's the birthday of the church. Lots of different ways that, you know, on the surface might sound kind of silly. But if we tie things with them, then they become rooted. I mean, as humans, we're we're tangible people. And so when we have something we can touch, it can evoke that memory and that deeper meaning
0: through that. I love Pentecost is kind of a a hinge uh, in the in the life of the church because it's uh, in some ways the summary of the Easter season, you know, seven is kind of a number of completion. Seven times seven, obviously it's 49. You add one, it's 50. And you got it, you've got this kind of circle that that is brought uh, to completion by Pentecost. But it's also this, as you mentioned, the birthday of the church, this kind of new beginning, mm-hmm. a, an opportunity to really ask yourself, um, as a family, and ask your kids, like, what what does our engagement in the life of the parish mean? Like, what does it mean Mm -hmm. for us to be a part of the church? And it's the same church that Peter belonged to, that all these people who are being baptized in the Acts of the Apostles, Mm -hmm. these thousands of people that were added daily, uh, like, we are a part of that group, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, I I think, really beautiful and really, uh, you know, really incredible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Julie, I'm interested, because... You know, in your family, uh, because this last year has been so up and down for you, you've had to kind of look at church in a, I think, in maybe a new way, or you've experienced different aspects of the fullness of the church. Um, I'm putting you in the spot here, but can you can you say maybe a couple of things about what you what your experience of the church has been?
1: Well, what that actually points to some of what I found to be um, really enlightening with Christian Smith's article because and um, the research he's done um, because there's definitely outward um, I don't know uh, different gestures we can do um, in our family we grew up going to Monte Cassino during the months of May and October so I would Just say that's shrine at Saint minor The shrine in Saint minor correct and so the the monks would often lead a Rosary on Sundays in the afternoon and then we'd often have a picnic if the the um, you know, whether cooperated, Um, but because of the limitations we have, um, I would say even now, depending on what's happening for us, we've had to really go even more basic and ask like what's essential. So for instance, this month um, or leading up to May, personally, I don't know how much I'll bring up with my kids, but I've seen how important it is for me to ask who Mary is in my life Mm. and ask her for her help to see people not only as she would see them as mother, but also as God sees, Mm. Um, not just, you know, my daughter who suffers in a way that I don't understand, or, um, you know, different people who may be grieving in my life who I I feel completely inadequate in front of. And so I started looking at, um, yeah, Marian apparitions, Marian um, prayers, Marian um, devotions, But one that stuck out in my mind for years that I haven't investigated is the femininity that's described by Edith Stein, Mm. and so I started looking at just very basic things that she's known for having written or said. Um, For those who don't know, she was raised Jewish and converted to Catholicism, um, and lived during you know World War II. So she has a very particular way of describing everything. But there's so many nuggets that she she offers us from her time and her place that are very relevant to the feminist movement, to anyone who's interested in seeing how women are really um, a beacon for the church. And so I encourage everyone um, who has that on their heart to really investigate it, even if it's not Edith Stein, but somebody who helps them approach Mary if it's hard to go directly to her.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. You know, I, I was thinking of uh, somebody bought me this this image. It's a beautiful image of Mary sitting in front of a chalice, uh, and the, you can see the crown of thorns and the lance that pierced Jesus' side and the three nails kind of on the table in front of them. But what what always strikes me is the chalice. Like I never thought of Mary going to mass. You know, I never thought about like Mary receiving communion and um, oh, my and so like Damn. when i sit in my chapel it's just to the left of me when i sit in my chapel and i look at it sometimes i'm like this is really unbelievable like to think that um this woman who you know who first received jesus um as a tiny lump of blood in her womb would later receive him uh his blood in in body uh, in the eucharist i just think it's so beautiful like we don't there's so many things that we just don't think about mm-hmm. that images and, and art and music and brilliant scholars like Edith Stein can really show us something new uh, that maybe we've overlooked in the past. So May 1st um, is uh, the Feast of St. Joseph, The yes. Worker. Um, do you want to talk about that at all?
2: Sure. <laughs> um, I I found it really fascinating because whenever I was first hearing more and more about this feast day um it actually came about in 1955 when Pope Pius the 12th uh, instituted this feast day and he did it for a couple of reasons one to foster further devotion to St. Joseph but also uh to as a, a like a counter celebration against the communist movement that was mm-hmm. happening because they had com- commandeered uh these May Day celebrations uh that were celebrating springtime and made them more of a communist and socialist Mm. festival. And so so we have this stark contrast between that movement and then St. Joseph, this worker who spent his life laboring out of love for others. And it's just a reminder of not only the dignity of work, but how when we work, we're able to participate in the creative work of, of God. And so there's There's dignity in that, and um, so it's a great day to then, you know, just think about that, and also just, you know, get our hands dirty and do do the work, and maybe do something around the house or do something that maybe you've been putting off because it's the task that you don't want to do, but do it as a labor of love and offer it up in the process.
0: Yeah, I think that sense of offering in in work is a real uh, is a big deal because I sometimes you know we can kind of get stuck in numbers or stuck mm-hmm. behind books or stuck behind the screen and we're we're not really thinking about who who actually benefits from the work that we do and i think there's just a really uh i mean we're we can find greater motivation to do our work when we know mm-hmm. that it's for someone you right. know when we know that there's somebody receiving what it is that we're offering so mm-hmm. it's a good day to really spend some time thinking about who you know who benefits from the work right. that I do, and it's
2: doing. not just like you know physical manual labor. But you know, why why do I go to work and teach these students? What what value then does that work have, and how can I offer that? You know, yeah. someone who sits behind a computer and works with spreadsheets and numbers all day. Like, where is the, what what is the value and dignity of that, and how can you approach that in, in a different, more meaningful way than just yeah. the numbers? But who is benefiting, and how can you offer that?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Another one this month that would go along with that is Saint Damien of Molokai, mm. who lived a very mm. different intensity, but he went to the lepers. So we may have our own blocks, like interior blocks to like what we find to be meaningful or what we want to do. But also the one we are maybe called to go to is not attractive mm. and actually can cause mm. us physical harm potentially. Um, he would go and visit the leper colonies in what's now Hawaii. So that's like a, a question we can ask, you know, in our daily living. Maybe it's not that dramatic or obvious in that way, but to say nowadays, I think during the time of the pandemic, clergy are doing that in a very particular way, going to visit the sick or even doctors themselves treating the, um, mm-hmm. the sick, yeah. saying, I, I am making a sacrifice, even if my first, I don't know, uh, inclination is to stay the farthest away, but to yeah. say, well, I, I carry something, a knowledge or a gift, and I have to take it to them. Yeah. So yeah. just another example this month. Yeah,
0: it's a great point. It's a great point. Sometimes the what what God asks us to do isn't always the most attractive thing in the beginning, but it becomes something attractive the more we commit ourselves to it. So that's great. That's great. All right. Anything else that
1: we need to be looking forward to? I think that's a good wrap-up, but mm-hmm. if anyone's able to look at and be encouraged by Christian Smith, um, I highly encourage looking up his article. Yeah, it's I'll put a link hopeful in the and, yeah. description. It's, it's both hopeful um, and also just very clear and simple. So we all have hope and what maybe we feel inadequate about in our, in our daily living.
0: So. Absolutely. Well, thank you. It's great to have the Liturgical Ladies back together, and uh, we look forward to our June edition uh, coming up. Uh, next month thanks ladies thanks for spending time with us join us again next week right here on Annunciation Parish in Real Life